Welcome, everyone, to the Courageous Truth Podcast. I am your host, Eric Lundberg. I am a proud pastor, a proud parent, a proud business owner, and a proud American. Here at the Courageous Truth Podcast, we strive to live courageously through the lens of Scripture and build courageous lives in a world that is driven by fear. Tune in today for your dose of Courageous Truth. Welcome everyone to the Courageous Truth Podcast. I'm very excited that you have chosen to spend a little bit of time with me today. I do apologize that we were unable to produce a book review this week. Um, As many of you know, I am not only a pastor and a podcaster and a father, but I also run a fence business. And this week was just very busy and very hectic. I had a lot of jobs I had to finish up. And I wasn't able to get to the book review recording, but I will talk about it this week. A fantastic book called Canceling Christianity by David Fiorazzo. Excited to dive into that with you. I want to open up today's podcast with a scripture out of Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2. It says this in the ESV version. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, as I have looked back over this past year and a half, I have, like so many of you, most everybody, you've been tested in a lot of ways, and you've had to test some things. Mainly, a lot of us have been faced with what we believe. What do we believe about politics? What do we believe about culture? What do we believe about God? What do we believe about our fellow man? What do we believe about the trajectory of mankind? What do we believe about the environment? What do we believe about disease? What do we believe about? What do we believe about? What do we believe about? Insert your thoughts here. We have had to look at what we believe. And one thing I have noticed is this great chasm that has formed between people. We truly have split in half in so many different ways. And I believe that COVID was the tipping point. And I'm going to explain what I mean in a little bit. The Bible says in the book of Romans, Paul wrote, do not conform to the world. Another version says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I've, I've watched with great distress, and I have been troubled in my spirit as I have watched the church of Jesus Christ conform to the pattern of the world. And I'm going to jump into that when we get back from the break, but I want to kind of give a quick overview of where I want to take this thought. Now, last March, like so many of you, we were faced with a new word in culture, a new thought a new 
whatever you want to call it. They at first it was coronavirus, and then it turned into COVID nineteen. Either way, it caught a lot of us, most of us, average citizens off guard, and all of a sudden, everything was turned upside down. We were living in a completely new world where we were faced with different decisions. We were faced with different pressures. We were faced with different thought patterns. Now, like so many of you, I I mean, I'm just going to be very honest about where I stood. For about two weeks, I was, you know, a bit nervous about this virus. I really was. And then about two weeks in, I began to start reading Facebook posts with different data and different things coming out. And I began to kind of start to question and I began to realize this isn't adding up to what they say it's gonna. They're talking pandemic and they're talking people dying in the streets and I'm not seeing any of that. It wasn't until six months in where I had the first person that I knew actually contracted the virus. They were sick for three weeks and then they got better and went on with their lives and are doing quite well actually. Now there was lockdowns which we had never been faced before. There was social distancing which I hate that term. In other words, stay away from each other. There was so many different restrictions on how we move and how we talk and how we breathe. Every part of our lives were micromanaged. Now, I didn't really comply, to be quite honest with you. I continued to go to work. I continued to visit friends. We continued to, we wanted to make sure that our children were protected from it, that we protected our kids from the pressures. We never made our kids wear masks. Our kids had friends over, and you can say whatever you want. But what I began to realize is the world, there was a chasm that was forming between people. There was one side or the other. So many people were like, you need to stay home. Other people were like, you need to live your life in it. There was a chasm between us. And then the masks came out, which has been the biggest fumbling. I don't even know how to describe it. We know now that masks were never really proven to work and have been mainly a placebo. And that's been proven on many accounts. But the world was fighting about the masks. People were threatening the lives of people who refused to wear masks. And the government and the big tech and the people who wanted to push the masks, they were the ones who were right. And everyone else was a conspiracy theorist or a rebel. And it empowered the people that wanted to push for masks. And then the vaccine came out. And the same thing happened, another chasm. And as we look through all these things and all these mandates and all this COVID culture, as so many call it, I've realized now ladies and gentlemen, that it was all smoke and mirrors. Now, there was a virus. We all know that. There was people that were actually sick. We all know that. There were people that died. We know that from this virus. And more and more information and evidence is coming out that it was actually released intentionally from a certain place that will remain nameless. And you don't have to go very far to find that information. But what I began to realize is there was a bigger agenda at play. There was a bigger agenda that went far beyond this disease. And 
and there was a chasm that was being created, and that chasm was being created in the church. Okay, so I'm going to talk about that a little bit more when I get back. Stay right there. Glory Apparel is a brand with a grand mission to reach the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ, to provide nations of the world with clean water and resources and critical infrastructure, impact local communities in the United States through outreaches that share the hope of the gospel and the demonstration of the love of Jesus, to care packages to our homeless population and aid in the battle to fight sex trafficking and help its victims recover. And I don't know about you, but that's a brand I want to get behind. So order your Glory Apparel today, www.gloryapparelmissions.com. Again, www.gloryapparelmissions.com. The link will be in the show notes. Get your Glory Apparel today. This is just a reminder to go ahead and hit that subscribe button. I really appreciate your support here at the Courageous Truth Podcast. Your subscription helps me to know how to create greater content and better serve you, my listener. Thank you for hitting that subscribe button right now. The chasm I'm referring to in the church has really divided the body of Christ, and it has nothing to do with COVID culture. It has nothing to do with this virus. I believe the virus, although real, and there is something so much deeper than that, and I hope to explain what I mean. Now, at the beginning of this COVID, there was so many churches, most churches in America began to fall in line with the mandates and do everything they could to follow the rules, so to speak, and go along with it and shut their doors and go online and do this and do that. And there was a very small portion of churches that refused to comply. And they were looked at as crazy. They were looked at as troublemakers. They were looked at as, you know, they're just trying to play the hero. But then that number began to grow. And in May and June, that number began to grow. And there was leading congregations and leading pastors that refuse to shut their door and refuse to fall in line with what the CDC was saying. I'm not going to name any of the pastors, but if you've been around, you know who they are. There's some in Tennessee, and there was one in Florida, and there was a couple, one in San Jose, um, probably facing the most fines, some uh, in Southern California that refused to give in, and that began to stir up the spirit of other pastors and other leaders that began to open up their doors and began to really take a look at what was happening. Now, we can realize now, a year later, that the COVID was just an excuse to try to gain control over the church. Now, we know that totalitarian governments do not like the church because they want the government to be God. And we see how they pushed back against the churches. But going back to this chasm, either way, is 
the church was split over the COVID response. And I believe that Satan used it as a tactic to put a chasm in between the body of Christ. Now, those who really adhered, and this is just being honest from what I have observed, those who have adhered to the COVID practices and that kind of thing tend to be more of a progressive church. Opinions aren't so much based upon biblical fact, but they're, they're based upon what fight the culture's fighting. We see a lot of these churches embracing the defund the police, embracing the Black Lives Matter movement. There are actual churches that fly Black Lives Matter flags in front of their churches. It is terrible that they would place that flag on their property that has antichrist values. But we see a lot of churches really adhering to social justice, racial, you know, equity. There are churches actually out there in my area that have equity ministries. And what equity is, is basically the redistribution of wealth, taking wealth from one who they deem to be an oppressor and giving it to the other who they deem to be oppressed with no work or anything involved in that, just plainly because. And then that gets into retributions that white people should pay for their ancestors' owning of slaves, which gets into things like political race theory again and the 1619 projects that would say America was founded on racism and founded on slavery, which we know is not true. America was one of the, if not the very first nation in the world to abolish slavery and outlaw slavery. They led the way in the world to outlaw that evil practice. Now, those who, churches that are on the other side of the chasm, they are more the non-COVID cult followers or non-COVID culture believers. And they are biblically biblical. And their opinions and views are based on careful interpretation of Scripture. And that goes back to Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Like I've said so many times before, we have got to understand Scripture. We need to know how to rightly divide the word of truth. We cannot mix our opinions in it. We need to read it prophetically, and we need to read it practically and historically to know what the text is talking about. So I began to see this chasm open up in the church, and over the past year, I've seen it you know, grow and grow and grow, and as 2020 began to wrap up its crazy theatrical drama, the 2020 election was upon us. And if you followed anything in the, at all, you know that there was so much controversy, so much uh, unknowns about the 2020 election. There was one side of the people who were pointing their fingers at uh, the other side saying, how dare you vote for Trump? He's narcissistic. He's this, he's this, he's this. 
then the other side is like, how can you vote for someone who wants to bring in radical agendas that are anti-biblical, that are for the LGBTQ community, that are for the killing of babies, the radical, all these different things, these radical open borders, because, uh, you know, we know that although Donald Trump was a lot of things and he wasn't always the most moral man, he was standing for policies that lined up with Scripture. He protected the unborn. We know that for a fact. He was one of the first presidents, if maybe even the only president, to speak at the March for Life. And that says something. If you stand for the unborn, that says something about your policies. He was a huge advocate for the church. He was a huge advocate for Israel, which we know the current administration is not. He protecting our borders. We know the current administration is not, regardless of what they said. So the church began to divide more and more over the election. And then, of course, January 6th comes around, and there was another, another chasm. The chasm grew even bigger. So you have one side of the chasm that is pointing fingers at the other that says, you know, if you follow Trump, you are in a cult. You're, you're following this man who demanded a march on Washington uh, on the Capitol building, which we know is not true. We know that there is so much convoluted information and so much convoluted things that are involved in that. I can't even really get into to everything. We know that, the, that, you know, there was Black Lives Matter activists that were there acting as agitators. We know that policemen or people... Uh, Posing as policemen, were allowing people to get into the Capitol, escorting them in there. We know that there was FBI operatives that were moving throughout that building. We don't know exactly what we were doing, but what they were doing, but we know that it is convoluted. And then this brings us to here. We have a massive chasm in the church, and we have got to figure out a way to rectify this. We've got to close the chasm. We've got to fill in the chasm. And you have one side that wants to stick to, you know, strict biblical traditions. And you have another side that wants to fight the fight of social justice and wants to fight the fight to look good in front of the world. That wants to adhere to differing and secular ideologies. But either way, they're the body of Christ. They're people that Jesus loves. And what do we need to do to reunite and fill up that chasm? I think what we need to do is we need to allow our minds to be renewed. The church of Jesus Christ has got to stop pointing fingers at one another. Because here's what I honestly believe. I believe that the church of Jesus Christ, those who have gone the way of the world and are fighting the social justice fight that are fighting and to bring in socialism. Jesus was not, not a socialist, by the way. But those who are, are fighting to bring those things in, either there is going to need to be a repentance or a complete renunciation. That's kind of where we're coming to. And I think it goes really on both sides. We have to decide who, who do we believe? What fights are worth fighting? We need to decide once and for all what we believe. And then that chasm, maybe the chasm isn't going to close. Maybe there's going to be a bridge and some are going to come to some one side and some are going to come to the other. 
and then God's going to be the judge on who his true church is. But we need to be discerning. I believe that this whole COVID thing has, the pressure cooker of culture of COVID has really just brought out the areas that the church has partnered with a secular culture. And we need to renounce that in our own lives in order to get back on track, in order to get back to the biblical way of doing things. Because we are coming up in a time where there is a generation that has grown up looking and watching the generation before them in the church. And if they see so much division, they're not going to want it. So they, they're looking for something real. And that's why a lot of pe- I think a lot of young people are attracted to the social justice type churches because there's a cause behind it. So we need to get back to the cause of Christ, the cause of the gospel. We just need to come to terms with the fact that although God is a God of justice, man is not sovereign. Man does not know the beginning from the end. And it's time for us to learn to surrender to God. So I'm going to read this scripture one more time. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Is what we're doing acceptable to God? We have a real opportunity now to reform the church, but if we reform it in a way that caters to culture, and caters to the causes that the world wants to fight. Okay, they're, the world wants to fight a race war, but they're creating more racism instead of doing something to destroy it. Racism is a sin issue. And the only way to eradicate sin, destroy sin, is through repentance and calling on the name of Jesus Christ. So that's kind of this episode I had today. Just some things that I wanted to talk about. You know, I, I made mention to a lot of things. And I, I, I listen to, I'm a big podcast guy. If you're interested in facts, data, and what's really going on in the world, you need to listen to The Charlie Kirk Show. You need to listen to America's Town Hall with Heidi St. John. And you need to listen to Stand Up for the Truth. With David Fiorazzo, we need to allow our minds to be transformed by the word of God, by what is true. We cannot conform the word of God to what we want it to say. We have to allow our lives to be conformed to the word of God. And in that, and when we do that, that is when we will see courage rise in our heart. And we will take a courageous stand for the truth because the world is waiting. The world needs a courageous church. And if there is a chasm between us, there is a chasm between our relationships, and we are falling for a secular culture that is doing nothing but produce smoke and mirrors to keep us distracted from the church's calling, we will never reach our potential as believers in our lifetime. And it will take generation after generation to get us back on track. So I hope that this makes sense. I hope that this is a warning and a challenge to you. 
Make sure that you are standing courageously for the truth. I will see you on Wednesday for our book review. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to the Courageous Truth Podcast. We live in a world that is in desperate need of courage and in desperate need of truth. My hope and prayer is that this podcast will equip and inspire you to live courageously for your families, for your communities, for your God, and for your country. Be courageous in your stance for truth in a world that has completely abandoned it. See you next time right here at the Courageous Truth Podcast. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now. Remember, I am your host, Eric Lundberg. Truth requires courage.